Hello and welcome to the Dicebreaker podcast. It's Friday, it's bonfire night, it's Guy Fawkes night, is that what we call it? I don't know if it's it's an know. English Yeah, I'm not from around here. In the US, uh, and outside of, I guess, yeah, is it like an England thing rather than a UK thing, I guess? Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, predominantly yeah. because yeah. it's like our problem, right? Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was, it was yeah. Our... Uh, so for those not familiar, it's the day where the UK or the or England at least goes full Wicker Man. We make a human-looking effigy, we stick it on top of that. a bonfire. So I will highlight the whole human effigy thing. We don't do as much anymore <laughs> these days. Yeah. It's much more a fireworks thing because it turns out the burning effigies of his, you know, historical figures isn't so in. Uh... It's gone out of fashion. Yeah, yeah, I have very, uh, I guess, not fond, but I have memories at least of uh, my lower school doing a bonfire night and accidentally setting the hedge that ringed the whole playground uh, on fire. Uh, so then the entire hedge was ablaze. And that was, that was quite an experience as like a, a six-year-old to Jesus. see your entire school playground ablaze. So yeah, That's incredible. Uh, if, if you're going <laughs> yeah. out for bonfire night, obviously stay safe, uh, handle fireworks, uh, you know. Get some uh, sparklers because they're the best thing. Yeah, love love me a sparkler. I will say I have a very distinct memory of my grandfather who has sadly passed away, but he used to run our bonfire nights when we were very small, and he used to use these things called, I think they were called like Catherine wheels or something. Oh, I know those. Yeah. Yeah, but you would attach them to like a wall. Uh, and then set them alight and they would spin and mm. like you know fireworks would come out of them they were exceptionally dangerous so dangerous that in fact i don't think they sell them anymore uh, because they could loosen from like wherever they were held on to and when they did that there was no controlling that situation so i remember that happening and it firing like across the garden and setting light to one of my mum's plants uh, yeah. it was... Fireworks are terrifying. It turns out, like yeah. you, you put, you set fire to an explosive, it, uh, it suddenly becomes a lot scarier. Yeah, mm. like my yeah. my aunt and uncle had a similar thing where one of the kind of upright rockets just kind of slanted over in the soil after mm -hmm. it was lit and just like went into their shed, <laughs> like open garden <laughs> shed where things were. Uh, oh, yeah, God. it's like a fire is a, a fascinating and terrifying thing. Mm. Uh, what do we do here, Matt Jarvis? We don't talk about fireworks. We, well, normally uh, I introduce who's here, but I didn't do that. I launched straight into anecdotes about fireworks. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I'm Matt Jarvis. I'm joined this week by two of the team uh, returning, of course. Alex Meehan, hello. How are you doing? Yep. You can't get rid of me. I'm back. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, yeah, I'm doing good. All right. And, of course, Alex Lowley is also joining us. Hello, Lowley's. How are you today? Pew, 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 pew. This is my uh, this is Fireworks my fingers lowlies. No, this is my new catchphrase. So I would I would uh, I would like it if everyone please took that forward with them going forward. Pew pew. Pew pew. Pew pew. You're like Mick Foley, the wrestler. Uh, Cactus Cactus Jack, the famous wrestler, uh, would basically walk up and just be like bang bang. So you there know, you go. Yeah, Cactus it's Jack. Perfect. Uh, I love it when you make these references that you know that neither of us are going to get. <laughs> Look, Lolis was into wrestling. I felt like I was on the winner Somebody's going to get it. Somebody's going to get it. Someone Not out me. there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, uh, yeah I'm also good pew pew <laughs> yeah <laughs> pew pew it's like being on a walkie talkie but you have to end every sentence with pew pew mm. uh, but yes hello we're here once again to talk about board games and other things hopefully because i haven't really played many board games this week it's been a busy mm. week uh but yeah and then we'll we have of course our weekly segment we will have some questions from the yeah. audience if you're listening along live yeah. drop them into the chat uh because due to various ongoing things we didn't receive uh any emails to the podcast app dicebreaker.com address for a couple of days because we're in the middle of a tech transition over here so if you've got some questions or you emailed in with one please send it again uh because some of them didn't make it through uh but yes let's dive in with what we've been up to this week let's 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 look background to you what have you been up to recently me uh oh let me tell you matt what i've been up to (laughs) (laughs) um i wasn't on last week's podcast so i'm actually gonna talk about what i played not in the last week but two weeks ago because i've not played anything in the last week except for welcome to um i'm back i'm back on that horse again and i think it was essentially when we went to essen and i saw the new welcome to the moon thing i was like oh i really want to play welcome to so ever since i've been playing it Oh, so you again. have been playing vanilla Welcome To. Yeah, is, well, is I say... Welcome To Your Perfect Home, is that the Yes, you thing? say yeah. vanilla. I am playing the original, but I am playing expert mode with advanced rules. So wow. it's not quite vanilla, but That's it's... That's a real yes. humble brag there. Just like, yeah, yeah, I'm playing, but, yeah. you know, not like, the, not like you would play. Lolis is not a scrub, okay, Matt? <laughs> Lolis plays the hardcore version of Welcome To. Yeah. Well, I've been playing a mixture, actually, because, um, yeah, it's it's like whatever is available. I've been, I'm like, I'm just like, whatever I can get my hands on, I've been playing. Um, but whenever I start a table myself, I'm doing on Expert Bound. Um, it just makes it a bit different. And, um, you know, I've played hours, as we know, I've played hours and hours and hours of Welcome To before. So it was time to mix things up. So that's been like the main thing I've been doing. But the week be- weekend before last, I went and met some friends. We played some board games. I actually didn't write down the board games I played because usually I have them like in that BGG app. Um, I'm quite good at like keeping track of what I played, but I didn't write them down. So I just had to try and remember. So I remembered some. I played uh, Shifty Eyed Spies. Do you know? Have I talked? About, I feel like I talked about it before. Probably. I know this game only by name, uh, and I think I know it mainly by name because you've mentioned it before. But I don't actually know how it plays, so oh, I'm intrigued. Yeah. I mentioned it at a meeting actually, didn't I? Um, it's a game where uh, you use your eyes to communicate with each other. You're all like agents, and you get two cards. One of them tells you a person, and one of them tells you a location. And you've got these four like 3D locations that you kind of spread out on the table. And you're trying to you're winking, you're trying to wink at the person you're trying to signal, who's on one card. And you're kind of like trying to wink at them, but like in a way that other players don't notice you winking at them because they can intercept your mission essentially. Um but you're trying to like get their attention, wink at them, and once you've winked at them and they clock that you've winked at them, they then have to look at their location card and like use their eyes to like point at the location card. And then when it comes back around to you, you go, okay, I'm going to meet this person at this location. And if you both get it correct, you kind of win the cards and you're trying to be the first to win a certain amount of missions. Um, it's, it's a really simple party game, which is all about like winking and like just, and it's quite, it's even funnier to play it with people who can't wink. Uh, Cause they're just like, they're just like. <laughs> yeah. They're just like. <laughs> yeah. Um, this isn't great for an audio media. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Uh, oh, we should like do a little voiceover. Me and squints, winks. I mean, <laughs> I can't. I can't do voiceover audio. Apparently. Very, very obvious winks that would probably not <laughs> pass in Shifty Eyes. Fine. Yeah, it's just silly. It's just silly little fun. Um, a friend of mine actually brought it back for me from America a few years ago, and I thought it was available over here, but nobody I know knows it. And I've never really seen it in shops much, so I don't know if it made it over here or if it just didn't become popular or what, but it's a, it's a nice little game. Um, played Nice Buns, which is one of the new Big Potato games. <laughs> um, yep. I won't talk too much about that because I was actually around when that was being playtested when I was still at Big Potato. That's how long that game's been wow. kind of in the process. So um, it's the same game, but they've, they've changed the, um, the, the theme. Um, I played uh, War of Whispers, which is a game that's been on my partner's to playlist for a couple of months now. Finally played it, and it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> it looked so good, and it was like, it sounded interesting. It was essentially like you were, you know, um, Littlefinger or like the spy. Is it the spider virus is called? Um, you're like them. Or is it the spider? No. Yeah, I think... That's, uh, that rings a bell, but I don't know if I've been watching something with a spider in there. I don't know what... I just got my mind on spiders. I don't know what's going on. What's spider? A Game of Thrones reference. Varys. Oh, right. God, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, Varys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got the spider, you. right? So it's kind of like that kind of thing where you're using like information and intrigue to uh, try and uh, help different um, areas or like different, um, I don't know what you call them, uh dynasties or whatever to houses? power or houses yeah you're trying to like shift the the power around different houses essentially hold on before she goes i'm gonna lift her up to anyone who's watching at home here's a little honey for you <laughs> look she always um, seems so impressed <laughs> She's so grumpy. um yeah so you're trying and it sounded really intriguing but then the actual gameplay was dull and it was a bit confusing and just not very fun. Like, didn't feel like the theme was part of the game at all. Just like, uh, is just this stopped. the one? Because I'm I'm trying to recall. Um, this is like an official Game of Thrones licensed game, correct? I don't believe so. You don't believe so? Sorry, no, it's I not about the talking... house or something. No. Okay, right. Sorry, when you were talking about Varys, I was like, "Oh wait, so this is a Game of Thrones game?" But no, it's not. It's, no, no, it's it's kind of. I was just using that as like a reference to the okay. kind of role that you play in the game, or like supposedly. Are you? I feel you like that's the problem with a lot of those kind of game. Like, there aren't that many Game of Thrones games that do that, but like game uh, games that go for that kind of like, oh, you're dealing in like deception and. And sometimes if they're just, if they don't manage to get that like flavor right and you can't get into the one be like, I'm I'm going to come after you and stab you in the back. <laughs> yeah, they just fall My flat. There's a couple like that. What? Yeah. How dare you say that to me? I can't believe it. You're going to stab me in the back after all I the mean, in, given, given the context, we've played Root together. It's like, you know. Yeah, it's true. You've got to do what you've got to do to win. When you're playing games like that, you become a ruthless, godless man. The the game of boards, you win or you... Die. Be salty. (laughs) Yeah, which often happens when we're playing Root. (laughs) Uh, Uh, Well, that's a shame, Lonies. I'm sorry it was bad. 
I mean, I'm glad we finally got to play it because it's been on that list forever. But mm. it was, yeah. I mean, the thing is, I'm, I'd be willing to give it another try, despite all that. I'd be willing to give it another try, but I don't see it getting better because it was. I feel like I can tell what it was I didn't like about it already, and that's not gonna change. It's like part of it is like the way the the board is laid out and and it's like stuff like that. I don't know. It's just a bit stupid. Um. Anyway, but the game that we played that I really liked. And I didn't think mm-hmm. I would like, just based on the name, is called mm-hmm. um, So Clover! Exclamation mark. Oh, God. <laughs> I've not heard of this. What, So Clover? It's oh. like a play on So Clever, but it's it, you play with these like clover shapes, and that's why they've done that ga- uh, wordplay. It's actually a really good game, though. So the way it works is you each have like a plastic kind of... I don't know, plate, let's say, that's shaped like a clover. And it allows you to put four cards on them. And the four cards have a word on each side of the card and a hole in the middle. So you kind of like place them randomly on your board. And then uh, on each side of the clover, it will have two words. And they'll just be random words. Uh, Of course, I can't think of a single example of any words. One of them was like, say, um, champagne and... uh, I don't give me another word platypus platypus oh god what okay platypus and champagne and you then have to try and think of a word that kind of links them a little bit like code names right and then you write that with a pen on that side of the clover and you do that for each of the four sides and then you we will like uh, add another card to that four cards that you already have add a card to it randomly shuffle them together and then you give the board and all the cards to the other players and they have to try and figure out what cards go where and in what, like, um, you know, which way they're turned, which way they're supposed to be, based on the words you've given and all the words they can see on all the cards. It's um, it's really clever. It's, uh, as I say, it's a little bit like code names, but I think it's a little bit nicer in the fact that everyone's kind of giving the clues and also trying to guess the clues. So it feels like, you know, not one person is spy master and one person is... This, the other person it's it's like everyone is everything and it it like plays a bit quicker and I don't know I really really liked it um I think that was the only game that we played like more than once because we all really enjoyed it so, so is this, this co-op are you working together to yeah so kind of getting... okay I think did we do any scoring I don't think we really did any scoring so I don't know how that works but um yeah it does seem to be cooperative like you want people to get it right and as the people you want to get it right obviously mm. um I think we kind of did scoring, but I didn't. We didn't write it down, or like I didn't really get what we're doing. It was like very casual scoring. If we did any, it was like, "Yay, we got three right," and then that was kind of it. So I didn't really know what. Um, what that was I I recognize this game. We covered it on the site uh, when it was announced. So clever. So the name was. I don't like the name. The but, name and um, the branding. I think it looks terrible. Like it's one of those games that I. Like, again, it was brought to the table and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, but then the gameplay was really fun. So hmm. it's a bit of a pity that, it, but it also kind of makes sense, I guess. They have, it does look, you know, you're using the shapes of clovers. And I, I'm wondering if they started with the name or if they started with the theme. <laughs> yeah, it's because it makes me think like Letter Jam is not the same game. But somehow that works, despite the fact that it's got nothing to do with jam. They just put a picture of a strawberry on the front. Yeah, that's true. But but I think it works because there's the word letter in there. But so clover, like I would have no idea what that game is, like off the foot. 
face it like without you no. describing like oh it's got these kind of clover shapes in it it's like what does also, what does that mean what does so clover mean i think technically they're shamrocks because they're four leaved clovers which is a shamrock uh, right yeah so, well, so shamrock doesn't really work, does it? <laughs> no. <laughs> they should have gone like shamrockin or something. Shamrockin. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's really good. I re- I really recommend that. Like, if you especially if you like code names, but you're looking for something maybe a little bit different, that's like a good option. Um, it's kind of like it also reminds me a bit of like just one. It's like just one and code names put together. It's good. Uh, mm. I can't remember what else we played. I feel like we definitely played some other stuff, but those were the ones that kind of came to mind when I was trying to think. Um, so I will, I will uh, let somebody else have a go. All right, uh, Alex, man, should we pass on over to you? What have you been up to? Hello. Yes. Hi. <laughs> I've been up to things. Yeah, I played some some board games and stuff. <laughs> um, Sounds so uh... convincing. It's like I've been doing things. Yeah. I'm a fan of hobbies. um yeah so over this week um i managed to finally play the expansion for lost ruins of arnak (laughs) so this is an expansion that came out uh for essen actually and we managed to grab a copy while we were at the convention and it's the first expansion for lost ruins of arnak which came out in 2020 uh and this expansion is really interesting it's very modular so um for those who may not know lost ruins of arlac is a board game where it combines kind of deck building and worker placement uh it's a game where you're exploring an island trying to find the secrets behind the island so you're archaeologists uh but the long and short of it is you're trying to get the most points uh by the end of five rounds and you can get points in various different ways from collecting resources, spending those resources, traveling across the island and things like that. So it's definitely one of these games that there's a lot already there to kind of dig into. Uh, But the expansion adds even more. So we played using some parts of the expansion. And the ones we played with are the playable characters that they've added. So in the original games, you're just generic archeologists, (laughs) Indiana, loans (laughs) loans <laughs> um uh i was the only one on after that um but in the expansion they add specific characters that have abilities and cards that you can use so um i played as this surprise surprise i played as the baroness lady <laughs> who is wearing like a full on 19 like early 1900s dress situation with like a you know a big hat and a parasol and stuff and uh, she has the ability to kind of combo certain cards together to get more resources more money things like that so she had this really interesting card called special delivery which meant that whenever i bought a tool card instead of it going right at the bottom of the deck like it usually does, it went straight into my hand so I could use it on that turn, which is really good. And then she also had a card that gave me resources if I had tool cards in my hand. So it's kind of like her deal was like feeding into a system of you can combo from having tool cards and then those tool cards give you like extra things on top. Uh, And then my other friends, one of them was playing this 
explorer who had like a bird uh, that could explore the island for her in advance so she could look at um, some of the cards that were like on the board and choose like between them and also she could move this bird along using an action on her turn and the further she moved the bird along a track the better resources like rewards she got from doing that and then my other friend played this character who was who could perform like rituals so in the game there are fear cards uh which usually are bad things they give you minus points uh but this character was able to essentially spend fear cards in order to do these special rituals that meant that he could do all sorts of things um that were really beneficial to him so all three characters were really different and kind of provided different play styles and it almost made the game more more asymmetric if that makes sense like a more asymmetric version of the game so already it's the kind of game where people will do different things from each other just because there's so much you can do that you're unlikely to like all be doing the same kind of thing during the game but uh here it made us go on even more different paths because naturally our characters were more inclined to do our certain things so i was doing the um research track quite a lot because the research track often requires a lot of resources to do and i was able to get that resources from using my sort of combo situation and also i was able to defeat the the various guardians that were on the board that required like resources to defeat them so we were using that we put some extra cards in the game as well that come with the expansion and we got some cards from the uh from essen that were like exclusive to the event uh that we put in in the game and i'm trying to think what else we put in there um there were certain stuff we didn't use so for example there is a research track board that you can add to the game to replace the existing one uh just to make that experience different and it's double-sided so there are two essentially adds two different research tracks to the game and it adds a variant on the um so in the normal game you use this thing called a moon staff to de sort of determine which round you're on but the moon staff that's you know it's moved across the board to change how many artifact cards and how many tool cards are available to buy but this other moon star kind of provided a variant to the game that changed how that worked. So there were several bits of the expansion that we didn't even play with, but just using those playable characters um, changed the game so much. Um, it is quite a lot to get your head around, especially if you've only, like my friends had, played the game once before. <laughs> so it's already a very complicated game with even more complicated elements on top. But if you enjoy Lost Ruins Varnak, the expansion is very good. Nice. Uh, what's the expansion called again? It's it called, just... oh my goodness, Researchers or something. Um, it's the only expansion for the game. So if you type in Lost Ruins Varnak expansion, you'll get this because there's this. There's also a free solo expansion that came out online. That you can download if you want uh which might be released as an expansion officially 
uh, when I spoke to one of the co-designers of the game at Essen, they were like, yeah, we're, we're looking to release a new official expansion of the solo campaign before Czech Games came back to me and said, no, we're not. And I was like, well, somebody's lying here. I wonder who it is. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, essentially the expansion is very good. I think it adds a lot to the game. You can also fit all the expansion bits in the box for the core game, which is great. Um, yeah, would recommend. It's just more ways to play Arnak. And that game is already so versatile. Like, the replayability is great. So there's just adds more. If you've not tried the core game first, I'd really recommend doing that. Because the expansion just adds even more, like, on top of a, a pretty big rule set. Um, uh, also, it was the first time I played the physical game, because before I played it on Board Game Arena. Uh, and, oh boy, it took a very long time to set that game up with the expansion, because <laughs> we had to pop all the bits out, which is a lot, and then lay it down and put it in the right spaces. And then we had to, I had to figure out how the expansion stuff fit in. So putting all the cards in the deck and also like working out where all the different sort of playable character pieces go and stuff so um it, it i think it took us about half an hour to set the game up alone um and then it took us about two hours to play the game which is usually about the time it takes to, to play that game but um yeah i lost so there you go but, uh, <laughs> so a negative review overall negative very good up to the point where I lost. <laughs> no um the scoring was incredibly close though like the person who won won by like three points above me so we were point between us which i think is the sign of a i think that's a sign of a, a good game when like the things are very close and also i think the asymmetric element just changes things even more where you know uh it's not the case of all oh, like i did this very different thing because my character works very differently from others but um yeah uh, also, I loved role playing as the Baroness character, as you can imagine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that all checks out. Uh, yeah. See, yeah. Well, because of her card, where it's like special delivery, she gets what she wants straight away because she's a woman of means. She doesn't wait for her tools to arrive when she buys them very much. There you go. Yeah, sounds good. I, I imagine. Say something. You and Chase spoke about it last week because I was off, uh, but we played the week before and it was mm. the first time I'd played and I think the first time Chase had played uh, and it was good. It was, I kind of, I, I guess I get the hype because it, it won, I think, the Deutsche Spielpreis, um, but not the Spiel des Jahres. Like, it was nominated for nominated the Kenner Spiel and it was beaten by Paleo, which I've yeah. not played, but... Uh, I, Matt Jarvis is like, until you've played the other games, you can't claim that it's not fair. Whereas I'm like, I think Lost Ruins of Arnak should have won because I've not really heard many people talk about Paleo, whereas I've heard a lot of people talk about Lost Ruins of Arnak. So I know they don't always pick the most popular option. They've made some bad decisions in the past. Lost Ruins was robbed uh, because that game slaps. And when we were at Essen, I saw way more people with copies of Lost Ruins of Arnak than I saw with Paleo. And both those games were there. So there you go. A very measured, unbiased Yeah, it's a very unbiased, measured argument. 
Um, oh no, something about paleo. I wrote about it when it was announced, and it was on Kickstarter and stuff. And I was like, this looks fine. Like the artwork's all right. I think there were just a lot of uh, prehistoric themed games lately, and I'm kind of a bit like, eh. Yeah, there's been there's kind of been a running theme of that because like we spoke about King Domino Origins a while back. Mm. It, it, the industry seems to go through certain kind of phases theme of trends. Themes. But having said that, this is true. We've seen a popular a, theme. We've uh, seen a lot of those kind of games. Although um, the artwork for Lost Ruins of Arnak is Chef's Kiss. It's very nice looking, yeah. It's such a nice looking game. Oh, the expansion is called Expedition Leaders. There you go, I remembered. Um, And it looks just as beautiful. Like the character design is wonderful. We had friends coming over at the time. We were just finishing the game. We were like, we're hurrying up, I promise. Uh, But they saw the artwork and they were like, oh, this looks so beautiful. And I'm like, yes, it does. It does look beautiful. yeah, so we played that. Would recommend Expedition Leaders. It's great. Uh, that game continues to slap. Love it. Um, other things we played was Crocodile. Crocodile. We played Crocodile. Actual Crocodile with a big yes. old fell on board. Nice. Yeah. Um, at the office, right? The, mm, both at the office and my friend's house. So um, oh. we actually bought for our my friend's wedding um a crocodile board we sort of put all our money together uh to get them one because they'd heard of it and they're like oh i want to play but uh as we all know crocodile boards are so expensive <laughs> yeah they um, don't come cheap they're basically for those are it's basically just a big circle of wood but it's polished mm-hmm. uh and i think generally that you have to order them from europe i think they they typically come from outside of the uk so good luck now uh, and if yeah. you're in the US, I would imagine it's just as hard. But yeah, well, they you can are, get them. It's a Canadian game, so an, oh, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the US, is, if anything, probably much easier. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a Canadian-like pub game, right? Or the, the equivalent? It's like a it's bar from game, like the like, 1800s. Yeah, yeah, it's like really old. It's like a yeah. I imagine they were. Pl- I imagine it's our equivalent to darts or something. It was the kind of game you play, like that sort of saying. But. Um, for those who may not know, we number one, we have a video on the YouTube channel of Mr. Jarvis and Wheels playing Crocodile. Yeah, so from many a moon ago. Yeah, pre, many a moon ago. Mm, uh, that, yes. Yeah, because uh, we do have one in the office. Um, but it's a game where you have this board, wooden board, and there's a hole in the middle. And there's the there's the circles that are sort of drawn on the board, and the goal is to try to get your pieces sort of on the board as close to the middle as possible. Uh, if you get it in the middle, it's a null. Love a null. Uh, although we were calling it Monty Mole because we're big fans of the Mario character Monty Mole. Um, it's a bit irrelevant, but um, I don't actually know what Crocodile means because I think no, we just started shouting that at PAX when we were playing at PAX, mm-hmm. and, and it's yeah. just stuck somehow. But I have no idea what Crocodile actually means, uh, or I don't, I don't know if there's an official name for getting in the middle other than just we've always yeah. called it a knoll or a Monty Mole, so um, but yeah, however, if your opponent gets one of their pieces on the board. You have to um, flick one of your pieces. Uh, it has to hit 
one of your opponent's pieces if it's going to stay on otherwise you'll be taken off so it's actually very hard <laughs> i'm not very good at crocodile although i do tend to go through phases of like when we were playing at my friend's place I was quite good there, but then when we were playing in the office, I was really bad. So it's kind of like a, like a, who knows what kind of state my crocodile skills will be in. Um, but it slaps. Huh? That game is great. It's just so satisfying, even just to watch other people play it. Um, that was very enjoyable. And then one of my friends was like, oh, I just love it. I can't stop thinking about crocodile. And I'm like, it gets you. That's, yeah, that's the crocodile. Yeah. And then it's you the crocodile effect. Get that gliss, which is like the powder that you spread over it to make sure that mm. everything's, like, I guess, is it lubricated it's if not, it's dry? Like, um, just frictionless, but, yeah. I think, I think, I always thought the powder acted like chalk, where it gave it more friction. Oh, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, uh, yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I, I know, but I did look it up because it it's not it sliding. It's not but... chalk. It's like protein powder because I was kind of maybe one day... chalk would leave marks on the board. That's yeah. all I think. One day when I didn't have anything better to do, I decided to try and look up what gliss was made out of, and the closest I could get was that it's some kind of dried protein, and it is edible. I think I would not advise anyone who owns a bag of gliss to eat it. They uh, don't. But I believe it's non-toxic and so on, because obviously you, your hands get covered in it. But it's basically mm. like chalk. It has the same kind of like texture and powdery nature. Oh, God, sorry. My door just went. Uh, just before I go, apparently, um, orange is the name in France. Oh, hold on. I'll do it when I come back. I need to have <laughs> Oh, no. Loli's facts. Uh, you've got that to look forward to when Loli gets back. Um, yeah, no. Crocodile, great. Love a bit of crocodile. Um, now I don't know whether to move on because Lonely's just no. Just go for it. Yeah, crocodile. just go for it. We can. A crocodile fact is always welcome at any point of this podcast. Mm. Uh, otherwise, we played some cheating moth, which I continue to suck at. Uh, I'm so bad at <laughs> that game. <laughs> I'm glad you find it funny. Did we? I think we spoke. You're about so mean. I've got to. I've got to. Oh. I've got to state this on the podcast, right? Matt Jarvis is so mean when we play Cheating Moth, because all he does is just goad me uh, and uh, make fun of the fact that I'm bad at it. So I was equally bad. We were both completely out. Yeah, but I wasn't, I wasn't going at you. I was just letting you get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Matt and I are never playing Cheating Moth again. That's not happening. You can play with someone else, uh, although you gave your puppy to live, I think. But... Yeah, I did. Uh, that's um, fine. This is like when my French existence because everyone was such an accomplished liar at that point that we couldn't trust each other, and it was starting to uh, well, our, our actual friendships game. were in in danger. So we were just like, look, we need to just not not play this anymore. Let's play something nice. Yeah, no, um, it's one of those games where I was like, oh god, I wish I was good at this game because it sounds like amazing. And then when you watch other people be good at it. They're like, oh, that's so cool. I love that. Like, at one point when we were playing the game, my friend had managed to put several cards down his shirt wow. without any of us knowing. <laughs> um, I wish I could do that, but for some reason, I just can't. I'm the most obvious person ever when I'm trying to get rid of cards. Um, so there you go. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, we played um, the new... 
uh, Entry in the Dark Pictures Anthology, mm. video game anthology, uh, House of Ashes. It's something that we kind of done as like a Halloween tradition now where we play the new entry in the series because they often come out around Halloween because I think they know a lot of people like doing that. Uh, it was very good. I would recommend it. It's probably the best in the series, not counting Until Dawn uh, yet. Um, there were one or two characters we really liked. One especially, uh, who was a sweet boy. Uh, and that movie night feature is just so good where you can kind of assign characters to different people. We had like teams, so two of us would be like one character and we'd switch the, the controller between us whenever it was us. But um, we managed to finish that. And also we played some of the new Mario Party Superstar. Ah. Um, is, yeah. the, is this like a new version of previous Mario Party that came out on the Switch or is this a new new? So this is uh, Mario Superstars Mario Party Superstar is um, it's a bit confusing. It's old boards from the first three games, a mixture of those with all of the mini games in the entire series. Um, or it might just be the 64 and the GameCube mini games um, in with mechanics from the old games as well from those boards in one game, but with like new graphics and stickers and things like that. So um, it's a bit of a hodgepodge, but it is much better than the previous Mario Party on Switch, which sucks uh, because Super Mario Party is boring and uh, it's the maps are too small. The boards are really good. Um, the game hates me. <laughs> I have never known so luck so, so bad. Like, uh, the first time we played, there's an uh, event that people might be aware of called Chance Time, uh, which is basically where um, things just get swapped around randomly. And my friend was like, oh, I can control this. This is this is something we can do. So we had one uh, computer non-player character in the game, Wario. And uh, my friend was like, we hate Wario. We're going to steal stars from Wario. Of course, he selected Wario first, but then he didn't realize that the other things speed up after you select them, the, the previous one. So he was like, oh, no. <laughs> so then he was like, accidentally picked Star to Wario. And I was like, oh, this is bad. And then, of course, it was me. It was my character, uh, Daisy. We love her. Uh, we love her enthusiasm. And my, uh, my only star, which I had just gotten, was stolen from me to Wario and um, uh, our friend was laughing so much that they were coughing by the end of, of things but um, it was very good yeah we didn't actually manage to play a spooky map which kind of the whole point but um, yes Mario Party Superstars is good would recommend uh, I wish Nintendo would have just released these boards as like part of the previous game or something um but of course not because they want to make more of that sweet money but apparently they're going to release dlc for this one so that's something at least something yeah they'll yeah. actually just keep updating this one hopefully instead of just dunking out more bad mario Party games <laughs> they're all bad in their own way nobody uh, wins when you play mario they're Party all oh yeah it. don't get me wrong they're they are hateful games <laughs> like in both of them i came last some of my own fault, 
other parts of it were ones that I could not control, including just having a star stolen from me uh, randomly. Um, but yeah, our friend who was playing Birdo won. Very, very much won. So a very good thing in that game is that you can buy these sticker things. Uh, but during the board uh, parts of the game, you can just spam like these little emote things. I can't remember what they're called specifically in the game, but they just pop up like in the corners of the screen. So, so there's one of Yoshi being like good, like good luck or something, and we were reading it as like sarcastically, like pressing like oh good luck, good luck, just over and over again. So that's a really good aspect of the game. Would recommend that. Um, just utter try. It's like in Rocket League when people send well played. Yeah, just it's like that. When you've lost yeah. like seven, yeah. At some point, all you can hear is just various Mario character noises blaring out of the speakers. But um, uh, Argya Raihan says, does his name begin with S? Yes, it does. The character. This isn't House of Ashes, not Mario Party. From House of Ashes, yes. His name does begin with S. All right. Uh, there you go. That was me. I'm done. Nice. Lolies, your crocodile fact. You've kept us in suspense. Oh. Uh, the name crocodile derives from croquignol, a French word today designating in France a kind of cookie, uh, or in French Canada a pastry somewhat similar to a donut, except for the shape. Oh. Delicious, except for the shape. Except Wait. for the shape. <laughs> yeah, so I know. Why is the donut if not the shape? Well, maybe it's still round, but it doesn't. No, no. Maybe it's still be round fried. Like so, like, I, donuts are specifically fried, which yeah. kind of makes them unique. Yeah. So, um, maybe it's a fried dough. Mm. I get, I yeah, get but... it if it was the shape, because the, yeah, it's the, round. it's got a hole in the middle. But... Yeah. yeah. Did it say like oh. a donut? Just not um, the shape. It didn't say a donut. Just Apparently, a dip in the middle. It also used to designate the action of flicking with the finger, and this seems oh. the most likely origin of the name. Okay, yeah, the old flick It just keeps going. There's apparently like the the um the origins are like a bit unsure, but they think hold on, let me just scroll back up to this fact. The earliest known crocodile board was made by craftsman Eckhart Wettlaufer, which is a German name, in uh, in Ontario in Canada in eighteen seventy six. And that apparently is in a museum plus I found out there's a documentary called Crocodile. So if you want what? to find out more, go watch a documentary. Watch yeah, it's called wow. Crocodile. So um... we'll do a watch along. Yeah, I think they put like the World Championships on YouTube as well because I've I've watched a couple of those and oh, the yeah. people in the World Championships, as you'd expect, are oh, incredible at that game. Okay. It's they the same with class. Dexterity that I cannot ever fathom having. Yeah, when you see people like in the mm. World Championship of Class, because like what, like how do you, how are you even seeing this with your eyes? I don't it understand. Is amazing. Uh, yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. Well, never say that this podcast isn't educational uh, <laughs> before we educational. dive into a very non-educational discussion of what um, I've been up to. Yeah, Matt Jarvis, what have you been up to? Very little. Thanks for asking. Uh, I had a week off. I didn't play many board games because you I was busy, busy doing other things. Uh, I didn't play I did... board games during my week off either, to Look, be fair. It, board games are work. <laughs> when I have time to not work, I do other things. Uh, and other things included seeing the new Dune movie, which I thought was good. Uh, I want to watch of, it. I also really liked very it. Very big spaceships moving slowly to kind of score. 
That's what uh, you want. You want the music that, you want is beautiful, actually, in it, I have to say. Yeah, Hans Zimmer uh, doing, doing something that isn't just, I mean, is doing the Hans Zimmer thing. Yeah. But almost more. taken to like the nth degree where it actually works again. Um, yeah, it's, it's very good. I liked it a lot more than I thought because um, mm. I'm not. I'm not a huge, huge Dune fan. I think most of my interest in it actually is the board game, the 1979 board game. Uh, mm. But, you know, big worms, they're fun to look at. Fun to look at, Matt Jarvis, it's true. Yeah. I was a bit similar. I had, like, no to low expectations going in, but I loved it coming out. I'm really mm. looking forward to the next one, actually. Well, yeah. I have high... I, I still need to watch it, hopefully, next week. Uh, but I have high expectations because the director made played 24... Blade Runner 2049, which is way better than it has any right to ever be. Yeah, yeah. So I was uh, like, hey, this is this this might be good, everyone. This might be great. It, yeah, it's good. I would say it's not as good as 2049, I would say, but it is it is very good. Uh, it's not, mm. uh, yeah, Denis Villeneuve continues to kind of do good sci-fi. Uh, and some of the designs are really, really good as well. It's kind of the ships and the costumes. Uh, and everything's very orange. That is one thing that it does share with Blade Runner 2049 is they just palette. love an orange filter. Mm. If you like looking at Zendaya like for an orange filter for two and two hours and 40 minutes, then this yeah. is the film for you because there's if a you, lot of Zendaya and a lot of orange. If you want to imagine Zendaya in a bottle of Iron Brew, <laughs> Basically, <laughs> this, yeah. is the film, this is the film you should watch. I uh, remember it being very white. But maybe I'm misremembering. It has been a couple of weeks since I've seen it. But I feel like I remember it just being like incredibly white all the time. I honestly, I don't. I just remember like once they're on Arrakis, it's just a lot of like there's a lot of the spice, which is that kind of like dark yeah, orange that's kind true. of color. Yeah. Different um, strokes for different folks. Mm, but one thing we can agree on is. Mm. Uh, I also watched the new My Hero Academia film. Oh, uh, no. Look, Chase isn't on here. You can't try this. Uh, that's about what I'm going to say about it. It's another one of those films for people who like that series. It. <laughs> the thing with those films is that they are set outside of the main series. So for folks who don't know My Hero Academia, oh, no, it's basically a load of superpowered kids at a school. Uh, but all the films take place in a separate kind of like, this will have no bearing on the series. So you get to the end and you're like, yeah, everything is as it was. Thanks for the slight diversion. Uh, so there we go. Uh, I played the whole of Death Stranding. I don't know oh why but I did. Um, I, car I carried that baby. Uh, I swear. I carried that baby a long, long way <laughs> across America. The amount America. of times I have sighed <laughs> on some of these podcasts. Yeah, I have that oh, effect. I spent uh, time doing this, and I'm like, I mean, each their own. Fair enough. I've heard... Some people love that game, but honestly, Death Stranding sounds like a game that I would hate so much. I expected to hate it, I'll be honest. Uh, but it has, like, there's some interesting stuff where you have to manage your weight load and distribution of weight because you carry a load of stuff in your back. You are Norman Reedus, you have a baby. Some of the things that happen in that game are. If I were I to describe say, them, it would sound like I was just making them up because they are so bizarre and odd. Uh, um, I will say, just just to note, Mads Mikkelsen is in this game. Mads Mikkelsen is there. He said he yeah. he at points in that game will look at the camera, which is you, and go, "It's Daddy." Uh, <laughs> oh, 
No, uh, I'm mad about Mads. I yeah, because when you're in baby o vision, like he just looks at you and he's like, "It's <laughs> daddy, BB, it's daddy." Uh, I can't do. You can't person, say but... when you're in baby o vision <laughs> and then just like not expect any backlash from that. Look, like no questions asked. Some yeah, sometimes you see through the perspective of the baby, and Mads Mikkelsen is there and he's describing himself as daddy. That's it's that kind of a game. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I liked it a lot more than I, I expected. It took me 25 are, hours to finish. You and Liv are terrible at fishing. <laughs> like, fishing for my for me. Like, when you're talking about Tom Hiddleston, when you're talking about Mads Mikkelsen saying he's daddy, like, this is a family-friendly podcast, okay? Yeah, Lowly's is just looking so It's a story about a man and his BB. Uh, he's a baby. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, someone in that is called Samantha America Strand. <laughs> so <what laughs> the names are ridiculous. Like, like Just, no Die Man or something? Die Hard Die Man. Die Hard Man, who's I think whose real name is John something McLean. Uh <laughs> Which isn't a spoiler. Oh, Kojima has a, yeah. I know this for a fact. Kojima has a history of wholesale <laughs> Just taking like bits of film that he likes and just putting them into his work. And oh yeah, not it is changing. shameless. Uh, but it did actually. It got me thinking about board games to bring it all back. It's like I'm trying to think of a board game that is that has ever been that kind of out there because Death Stranding is like a triple A video game. It has you know it has Mads Mikkelsen, it has Lisa Du, it has Norman Reedus, it has mm. the the face of Guillermo del Toro. Uh, and yeah. like Nicholas Winding Refn's in there as well, uh, and Edgar Wright and Junji Ito. So there's a lot of a lot of money went on that. And I'm trying to think of a board game that's ever been that like what's the equivalent of a board game that is a big kind of mass mainstream thing, but it's just so utterly bizarre and strange and kind of experimental. And the closest I could get was something like Risk Legacy, because Risk Legacy when it came out was so different. But Risk is such an established kind of thing. Everyone just knew what Risk was for decades because it was just that game where you have little soldiers and you roll dice. And then Risk Legacy comes along and kind of tore all of that up. And that's that's where it got to. But I think I would love to see more board games. As the, the hobby gets bigger, like just take bigger risks and really go... Like, when is there going to be a board game about carrying a baby across America? Yeah, I mean... Here's the thing, right? As much as I know Death Stranding is a game I would never, ever want to play because I would hate every second of it, apart from the bits where Mads Mikkelsen says he's daddy, um, I am very happy that it exists because it's so weird and it's very different and it's a AAA game and we want to just see... A lot of the time, people just want to see something different and unique. Uh, and I feel like the board game industry is very odd in the fact that Number one, it's just very different from the video game industry because even the triple A parts of the board game industry are just nowhere near like the levels of of video game triple A development, you know, production, money, whatever. Um, because the industry just is not as big yet. Um, but like I will say there's probably more I'd say this this the the indie indie side of board gaming is much larger than the indie side of video gaming I think where we were talking about the fact that there's like maybe four five big publishers in the world of tabletop gaming and then the rest of them are all relatively on the same level to be honest of of like notoriety of money making etc 
which means that they they're all more willing i think to to take risks and things like that so i think you do see lots of weird little board games that maybe that will never be on the same scale or something like death stranding but I feel that there is plenty of room for experimentation, but it is always exciting to see like a big board, like Oaf. I think yeah, Oaf is what I was the just closest like modern thing I can think of at the moment, where like later games again nowhere near on the scale of something like you know Sony. I think Death Stranding, yeah, um, but like they're still pretty well known in terms of Root is a popular game. Um, yeah, Oath is something weird, but later games, I think, is definitely willing to put their trust and money into those kind of projects, because that's how you make things like Root. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's an interesting thought experiment, Mr. Jarvis. Yeah, and in some ways, I guess, like, a lot of board games are, like, Death Stranding is a very mundane kind of game, because you put stuff on your back. Yeah, it sounds boring to play, to, to me. But you think of board games, a lot of board games are like you're in a garden and you're arranging flowers or you are like storing things in a viking long like long house the thing is so they are just kind of like naturally mundane but they become interesting through the mechanics which it's, is similar yeah it, although it's very difficult to say uh, execute something like a lot let's just say a lot of the weirdness as far as i know that comes with from the story which is off the wall and the characters and the stuff like that. I think it's much harder to kind of, you know, communicate that kind of thing in a board game. Like mm. I'd say there are lots of tabletop RPGs that are weird. Mm. Um, again, not on the same scale as Death Stranding, but they they have weird, weird stuff in them. Um, like Morkborg or like uh, Traveller, I think is number one, or like, um, oh my God, what's that one? with the artwork that's got like a weird person with a crescent head on it crescent head i think it, it's just very weird chase really likes it i can't remember what it's called it will come to me at some point i was saying um yeah there you go yeah anyway death stranding uh <laughs> i played a lot of that it was it was fun uh the one board game i did play uh, which is this week um and i should preface that i played this because we have a piece of upcoming sponsored content on it but i right now i'm just speaking about it because i played it uh was the cuphead board game the <laughs> the name of it rolling dice game which doesn't exactly roll off the tongue so i'm just mm. going to call it the cuphead board game yeah um, but it's based obviously on the video game you play as cuphead mugman ms chalice or the elder kettle uh oh uh, yeah you yeah. fight bosses so those who haven't played Cuphead, it's like a platformer. It's kind of got the old 1930s style animation, like that very kind of early Disney. Mm. Like, uh, it's it's definitely got a look. Um, but this kind of skips all the platforming stuff and just jumps straight into boss fights against eight of the bosses. So working your way from like evil looking vegetables, which are in the video game, up to like King Dice and the Devil. Uh, mm. And it's really it's a really interesting game because. It doesn't try to um, replicate really what the video game does in terms of mechanics. It's not like you're moving, you're physically moving up and down on something and dodging bullets that way. Instead, there are timed rounds, which are between 10 and 20 seconds, depending on the difficulty. Um, and you roll dice and then you assign them to uh, boss attack cards that you pull out. 
And by assigning dice, you dodge those attacks. But some of the cards will only require one die to dodge. So that gives you a little window where if you roll, um, like a, it's like a symbol with a finger because you shoot with your finger. Yeah, yeah. You shoot uh, your to fingers, bring everything yeah. back to Lolis's opening. Um, <laughs> pew, 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 pew. Small window, so you can choose whether to stick a die in there and attack back, which will then knock off HP from the boss. And the bosses have different phases with different attack cards in each phase. So in that way, it, it does end up kind of feeling like the video game, even though it doesn't try to replicate the actual gameplay. And it is hard. So Cuphead mm. the video game, I should add another disclaimer. I'm terrible at Cuphead the video game. Yeah, but that I'm game is hard. I'm terrible at Cuphead the board game. Um, I was playing on the easiest difficulty. So I had a whole 20 seconds, a generous 20 seconds, uh, to roll these dice again and again and again and try and assign them to these cards. And I got like most of the way through the first boss fight um, before I kind of lost. And but it was it was exciting. Like the rounds don't last very long. It's not super com complicated because obviously you're doing everything in a matter of seconds. It is literally roll these dice, try and match, assign them. Um, I was playing by myself, but but you can play with more people, and it's kind of the same mechanic. Um, but you the health scales up and things like that. But you dodge individually, so uh, people can get knocked out, and you can revive them if you uh, collect parry tokens and things like that. Mm. And yeah, it's. It's a really interesting game. Like it, it looks pretty good. It's got separate boxes, kind of almost like a legacy game, but it is not a legacy game. But it has separate boxes for each of the bosses because they each have unique decks. There are achievement envelopes. So if you um, complete a certain, like I think if you finish a level without taking damage, or if you finish a level and you collect uh, all parry tokens, things like that, you can open these and they add more weapons and equipment. You earn coins at the end of levels that you can then spend on weapons and equipment. So you can upgrade from your normal pea shooter to different things. You get charms that give you other benefits like more health. Um, and also there are super arts, which are kind of like the big powerful moves. Um, and yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing. I think it is, it's like a good example of how you can kind of take the idea of a video game and turn it into an interesting board game. Because it isn't just like another dungeon crawler with plastic miniatures. It isn't just, oh, you know, it God. actually suits the kind of hectic nature of Cuphead because you just have a few seconds to think about things in the same way that you're dodging um, like things on the screen. Um, mm. Someone asking in the chat if it's a campaign type game. It's not, but it's kind of designed for you to work up through the bosses from one to eight. And there is a pad of save sheets so you can save how many coins you've saved and which item cards you've unlocked and have equipped and things like that. And like the video game, you will earn a grade at the end of each level, depending on the difficulty you played on and how much damage you took and things like this. So there is reason to replay the like same bosses again and again, like try harder difficulties. But I mean, technically, there's nothing stopping you from jumping in at boss number eight if you want to. Yeah. You have to work through it. Yeah, King Dice. But they add in more mechanics as you go through the bosses. So... The first couple of bosses are literally just you dodge this, you shoot back, but then they'll add in different things to consider and different um, like added tokens or results to spend your dice on. Um, and there are wallop cards as well that you will give you kind of like one-off abilities or bonuses that you can then use. So yeah, it's it's hard. Um, and again, like to be completely upfront, I was playing it because we are putting out a piece of sponsored content on it in the future. Mm. Um, 
so bear that in mind but i'm just kind of speaking from my experience of it and yeah it was it was pretty interesting it was i didn't really know what to expect going in uh the box is bigger than i expected because when i hear dice game i think of a box like about this big like kind of palm sized or hand sized and it's like pretty chunky um but it's got it showcases the art pretty well um, yeah i mean the, the artwork nice for the video game is like a big huge draw yeah so i should hope that they at least try and translate that element but it sounds like they've it sounds like they've actually put some real effort into this mm. which is nice to see yes know. so it comes from the op which is uh obviously the the publisher sponsoring us to do the bit of content which mm. they've put out things like the thing infection at post 31 um and various other kind of like licensed license things. so they yeah. have like they have a track record with that kind of stuff although it, um, the, the quality is very mixed because yeah like uh, some some things are fine like the the thanos rising dark side rising yes, kind of series, yeah, it's, it's series what i would call fine but um this actually sounds like a a game that's puts you know they put some effort into thinking okay how do we translate this video game which is very video game mm. into a board game it sounds like the uh, they've done that hopefully a good job so, yeah i'm know. trying to think of there was a game i saw recently i don't know if it was on kickstarter or if it's if it's just out but it's trying to do the platforming thing but you actually you kind of see the level as like a side-on view and you are shifting like a thing up and down and it tries to really recreate uh, you know what you see when you look on a screen playing these kind of games and this this is like completely the other end where it just abstracts it all yeah um, yeah it's just kind of interesting to see people taking video game mechanics and trying to turn them into board games because mm. sometimes it doesn't work like in dark souls and sometimes it does work uh, and i think uh, that this is one of the does work uh, yeah and the uh, fact that i think people would be disappointed if it wasn't really hard to be honest because yeah Heaps that's notorious for its difficulties. So. Yeah, and it's designed for you to again like get through the lower difficulties, like bank up these coins, buy better equipment, and that will then scale you up in a way that makes the later levels a little bit easier because you just have more options and so on. But mm. the, the core of it is still you've got ten to twenty seconds to roll some dice, stick them on a thing, dodge, attack, uh, and yeah, I really like that. But I like fast-paced dice games like Pandemic Rapid Response and Fuse and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, they're already good. Can you, can you imagine like a platforming game, like like a board game that's trying to be a platforming video game that's like dexterity based? Can you imagine that where you like build like a like a track course and then you have to try and navigate it like using different dexterity means? I can see this. That would be kind of interesting. Like pitch thing. pitch car. Uh, I think you create tracks, but it's more of just like a racing game, so it's not mm. quite the same. But yeah, yeah. Like a dexterity platform to get like above platforms and like yeah. over enemies or something i guess that dungeon dungeon fire rpg one more quest uh that sounds like that might have some of that but it's obviously in an rpg kind of format um yeah but it's like mixing dexterity with more of the exploration like side but yeah uh interesting let's move on over to the new section uh, yep. which we'll keep, pretty, keep, keep it very brief this week um, warm the chopper up yeah uh thing in here but i'm gonna actually skip over this uh because there was a bit of news this morning about a new dixit game um mm. which I now can't find because uh it literally happened as we came into the podcast it's called something like stella 
I think it's literally called Stella. Uh, Stella! Make, yeah, make all your jokes now. Um, so yeah, it's, for those who remember Dixit, it's the game where you have very kind of like visually uh, abstract cars and you tell a story and you're trying to get, uh, I think the card or something like that. It's been a while since I played Dixit. Uh, mm. And I think there have been so many games like it in the time since that I combine it with others. Um, but yes, Stellar is a competitive game uh, in what they're now calling the Dixit universe, which I find very funny because it everything is a universe now. Everything is a metaverse. Everything has to be some kind of brand building exercise. Uh, and this is true to that. Uh, so it's Stellar without an R. It's literally Stellar like the name. Um, and it's kind of mixing the like the picture association and um with a kind of like i think like did well like push your luck element um so you have to instead of one person kind of being the like the clue giver or whatever it might be um now everyone is trying to like associate the cards um but you want to try and match what other people pick as well so you're trying to predict like what they'll so it's like the opposite of something like just one um there's a picture of skunks looking in a perfume shop window <laughs> that's oh. sweet you like uh, that so yeah like i'm probably describing it very badly because like I say it it hit my inbox literally as we came into this this actually looks um, stunning. I'm just looking at the pictures and it looks beautiful. It does have a, yeah. it has a fantastic look. As um, much as like, I will be honest with you, I don't really like Dixit as a game. I think it's boring, but I do love the artwork for it. And I love the kind of games that are spun off from such as um, Mysterium and Detective Club. I think those games take the core of Dixit and basically make better games with them. But um, hey, this one might be good. <laughs> um, I love the idea of the skunks, though. Skunks sounds great. Oh, the, the, yeah. yeah, I have to say the artwork is... Out, like, Dixit, I think, is... If nothing else, it is a beautiful game. Like, the artwork yeah, in the game is beautiful. Is. Yeah. But the one, the artwork in this, from what I can see, is is even tops that. Like, it's really, really nice from what I can yeah. see. It's got a, a really good look. And Dixit, so one of the things they mentioned in the kind of press release for this game, Dixit sold, like, 9 million copies which is astounding for, for like a board game. Um, mm. in just, a modern so, board game. Yeah, like it came game. out in like 2008, so it's just just over a decade, like 13 years or so. Um, and yeah, so it's it's become one of those, I think, it's the kind of game that you just see everywhere now. Like it's broken through to almost, I think, the same level as something like Catan or Ticket to Ride. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people now will know Dixit and it's kind of their, their gateway into like modern board games. Um, so it's interesting and I guess not surprising to see them following up. I think they've done like a couple of expansions or like standalone versions of Dixit over the years. But as far as I know, this is kind of like the first big spin-off that under a different name, but part of this like Dixit universe, as they call it. Uh, so yeah, it's it's cool. Um, let me just double check if it's got a release date. I can't remember if they mentioned something specific. Uh, okay. This year, apparently. The, the oh, wow. Fortune Geek has it down as this year. Um, so, actually, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it might even be in December. But don't it's showing one. as pre order on some websites. Yeah. 
Uh, October, so yeah. yeah, October 2021, it says. Hmm. Oh, wow. Blimey, that is it's it. Not, it's not um, accurate, is it? Uh, oh, wait, yeah, no, that's literally in the past. I forgot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's not coming out in October. Uh, I think, if I'm remembering right, it's from December. Uh, this is a slightly ramshackle way of doing it because, look, it's it's hot off the presses. I'm piecing it together. Uh, but yeah, there we go. A new Dixit game called Stella. Stella! Uh, yeah. And speaking of new games, there's also a new trilogy on the way from the folks behind the North Sea trilogy and the West Kingdom trilogy. They mm. love a trilogy. Um, so this is Garfield Games, uh, which is Sam McDonald. Um, I think folks probably most familiar with something like Raiders of the North Sea. Yeah, Raiders um, of the North also Sea, been, I'd like, say. It's Architects of the West well Kingdom, Viscounts of yeah. the West Kingdom. Um, yeah, they've they've done the respective trilogies, and now this new trilogy uh, is set in South Tigris uh, or Tigris. So yeah, we've we're going around the compass from north to west to south. Mm. Uh, and yeah, there's got to be an east one then. <laughs> yeah, presumably there will be an east one at some point in the future once they've done a trilogy of games. Um, so the first one will be Wayfarers of the South Tigris, um, and it's yeah, it's set in. The ninth century, ninth century Baghdad, uh, and I'm just reading from Chase's story on the the, the website. Um, oh, they've actually announced what the other ones are called. So it'd be scholars of the yeah. South Tigris, and then inventors of the South Tigris. Mm. Um, so yeah, it will it will have a Kickstarter next year, um, and apparently it was kind of designed earlier, like during the South. Uh, sorry, during the the North Sea. No, I'm ignore me. North North Sea was the first, were the first ones, and then it was West Kingdom, and now it's this trilogy. So yeah, (laughs) yeah. So it's it's kind of like it's dice driven. It's you're pulling from a bag. Um, Generally, the the entries I've played from the other series, which I've largely played the the North Sea ones, they've had similar but quite distinct takes on things. Um, Like Raiders of the North Sea is kind of like a worker placement game. Um, we were chatting earlier with Chase about uh, one of the West Kingdom White games that he'd been playing, which had yeah. like a different kind of take where you cycle through cards um, and kind of select actions from like the three cards in front of you. Uh, so yeah, this sounds like, again, it's taking it in another different direction. But... Mm, um, uh, once again, uh, some incredible art by the artist, um, I'm going to butcher this name, Mihalio Dimitrescu? I think it's maybe the name. Oh, apologies, that's not right. Uh, that artist is uh, the artist behind the North Sea and the West Kingdom games, and the art their art style is just so distinct and unique and just fantastic. And I've actually had other artists um, comment about how good that art is and how much they like it. And I think uh, they're becoming one of those kind of let's call them superstar artists who are of the board game world who are kind of up there um with other names that I completely failed me <laughs> um yeah they're, they're a great artist um, yeah would recommend i think like from personal experience my experience of the like particularly the north sea games it was like they're not hugely groundbreaking but they are just like very well put together games. Like they're just like really like 
well constructed, like fun to play, not super long, not super, super complicated. Like they mix enough kind of ideas together where it's not just like a bland, like a worker placement game or whatever it might be with a with a good visual overhaul. Um, yeah, they are they're good. Uh, and clearly they are popular enough for them to get onto a third trilogy at this point. Yep. It will be nine games that they've put out um across this kind Maybe of expansions for several other games so yeah so this quadrilogy of trilogies um so yeah it's cool but we'll we'll see more about it next year uh, when the kickstarter launches uh all right let's move on to this week's little fun little segment which comes this week courtesy of alex lowley's yeah Host us, Lolis. Mm-hmm. Hi. <laughs> it's the German name game, yeah? Um, <laughs> I'm allowed to do that. It's okay. Yeah, you can do that. <laughs> uh, this week's segment is brought to you by me. Um, we've done things like this before. Um, uh, Wheels did one where it was like orc names. Like, are they fake? Are they real yeah. orc names? Um, uh, Lyft did yeah, one, right, D. as well, with something. D&D &D Monsters, I think. Oh, D&D &D Monsters, yes. And did we do colours, or did we just... I think we just chose our own colours. Anyway, we've colors, done a few yeah. of these before. And this time is my turn, and I'm doing uh, German game names. Are they real, or did I make them up? Uh, for any German speakers, some of these are going to be quite funny, so... Settle in. <laughs> I'm dreading this because I think I did one year of German in school because it was something that they just threw in at the very end of my GCSEs, I think. Because it was I feel French like one year through. is probably enough to get you like mm. saying, How are you? My name is blah. And I'm saying uh, yeah. you probably wouldn't be able to do necessarily oh, no, like yeah. a lot of like game names because you you might not know a lot of words. Yeah, means. and this would have been like fifteen years ago at this point. So I think you'll still get a couple of these though. Uh I'm yeah, feeling... whereas uh, I'm completely in the dark. No, I mean because... you, plural, will get a couple of these, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I've I've never studied any German. We did Spanish at my school. And, Spanish, um, I would have loved. Uh, and now I do Japanese. So if we're doing Japanese, I might have a chance. But German, <laughs> that, that can uh, be the next segment. <laughs> yeah, I'll Japanese. do Japanese. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump straight in with the first one. You have to tell me, real or fake, because these are either actual games or they're not. Oh, okay, so they are, right, got it. Yeah, they're either, literally, they're either um, uh, German name, like, games, or uh, just stuff I made up. Uh, okay, and I've I've checked BGG for any ones I made up as well, just to make sure they're not actual games. Because <laughs> <laughs> for some of them, they were. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I can't use that, yeah. <laughs> okay, the first one is Die Verbotene Insel. Uh... <laughs> Can you spell verbotener, please? Uh huh. V e r b o t e n e. Verbotene. I'm gonna uh, say no. I'm gonna say fake. it is real. Okay, was it? We're, we've got one fake, one real. Yeah, I don't the... know what I think it is. <laughs> you don't. Well, do you want to have a guess? Just even them. Do verbotene insel. I, I don't even know where to start. I feel like verboten puts me in mind of like someone speaking because I'm thinking of the word like verbose. Um, okay. But that's probably way off the mark. Okay. Well, I'll tell you the answer. 
It's Ooh. Forbidden Island. Oh, for... Yeah, oh. right. I was I was thinking Insel might give it to you, but um, I don't know why. Yeah, they uh, are. They your are confidence putting... is appreciated. <laughs> I, will, I, I will warn you, they are putting answers in the chat, which is fine. I'm just not going to look at the chat. Oh, okay. Uh, who got it? I think I saw somebody got it in chat actually. Oh, Pietro. You people got okay. it in Ooh. chat. Um, hold on, I'm gonna I'm gonna write down a score. Yes, yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll tab off of that as well. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, so, I. We got it right, but not for the reasons I thought. Yes. No. The uh, second one is Tassen im Schrank. Tassen im Schrank. <laughs> fake I, again. No, no, I no think this fake is again. Real. You're both saying it's fake. Yeah. Okay. Tassen im Schrank means cups in the cupboard, and it is fake. It's uh, the kind of thing that Germans will say sometimes if they're real mad and they're like, instead of saying, are you crazy? They say, do you have all the cups in your cupboard? So um, oh. that's where I got that from. Okay. Um, <laughs> so you both get a point for that one. Well done. That would be a great name for a game, though, I think. Cups in the cupboard. Like I can see it. Yeah, yeah, I can see that game. Yeah, yeah. it's a Uwe Rosenberg game. Yeah. Or Wolfgang Gash. Or Rainer Knizia, most likely, actually. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, it's, it sounds like homely. Yeah, that's true. Like mm. that's a road. Could be like a style. cottage house or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. something in the cottage core. Yeah, Rosenberg cottage garden like yeah. meets cottage house. Oh, that actually be quite nice. Maybe I should hit him up. Yo, Uve. Yo, Uve. No. Yeah. Um, the next one is Der Popel. Uh, can you spell it, please? A Popel is P-O-P-E-L. I'm gonna say it's true. It's real. I'm gonna say it's fake. Does it mean? I assume it doesn't just mean people. No. Nope. Uh, it is indeed. Wait, you said true and fake. Yeah. Me and yeah. said true. Okay. It is fake. Ah. Um. Bombs. It it means. Uh, <laughs> it means the snot. Uh, <laughs> so. I just imagine that as a board game. A kids the game. German German equivalent of bogeys. Yeah, it's, already, yeah, essentially the bogeys. Yeah, we've already had the poo game revolution. It's mm. time yeah. for the snot game. You never know. You never know. Do, I mean, there really? is. Yeah, I was just gonna say there is yeah. a there is that game about snot, yeah. um, but it's not called Der Popel if there is. Uh, <laughs> the next one is Flinka Flitzer. Uh, this one I'm gonna say is true. And I'm going to say it's a Frederick Frieza game. Uh, oh, Fried wait, is it? Wait, is it Friesman? I can't remember the name. I'm designer who labels yeah, everything with Fs and they're all green. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Uh, have I seen this one anywhere? Yeah, I'll go with true. Because uh, I think Matt might be on to something. So you're both saying it's true. It is indeed yeah. true. However, it is a Reiner Knizia game. Ah. <laughs> Knizia, you old dog. <laughs> what are you up to? Uh, next up, we've got. Gans oh wait, what does it mean? Did it have a? Oh, um, I, so I don't really know how to translate this. It's quite like I feel like it's quite colloquial. Um, it's like quick, like racers. I would say flink. I don't really know what flinker means, but that's how I would read it. I think if I if I saw it. Right. Uh, but it's some something about racing, I think. Anyway, um, then we have ganz schön verdächtig. See, I know ganz schön clever, mm. 
Um, so I wonder whether I'm gonna say it's fake, and I think it's one you've made up along the lines of trying to catch us out of Ganshon Clever. Yeah, is it that's so Raven, but in German? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Gashifadechtig means um, that's pretty sus. And it's another Reiner Knizia game, so you're both oh. wrong on that one. Yeah, I thought that might might you might think that I'm, I'm trying to that. get you with that because Sorry? um because it Did does. Did you give an answer? Like, uh, I can't remember, but I would have guessed it was fake. You both so said fake. I, you I both said got fake. It wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, then we have Duden King. <laughs> uh, fake. Fake Duden King. Fake. Yeah, I'm gonna say this is fake. Okay, this is a true game. It's from 1988. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Duden. Duden so King. I specifically looked up Duden because it's one of my favorite German words. It just means dictionary or. It's either dictionary or um, thesaurus. It's one of those, but it's um, it is my favorite German word. And um, dictionary I, king. I yeah, I just put in Duden, and it was like yeah, Duden king is a game, and I was like okay, I'll take it. <laughs> um, okay, the next one is Brustwarze das Spiel. Something something the game. Yeah, so it's Brustwarze and then colon true. das Spiel. Uh, I'll say it's true. Yeah. Okay, you'd both be wrong, because that is oh. Nipple the Game. Nipple the Game! <laughs> I want it to be real. <laughs> is, this is me just like, game? this This game is all about me just sneaking in like yeah. stupid German words. It's <laughs> a dexterity game if I ever heard it. Oh, we have Jesus! To oh my god. <laughs> it's like Bop It, but you gotta like flick it or well. twist it or... <laughs> No? Okay. Too hard. Lick it. No, I'm gonna stop. No. <laughs> on to the next one. Yeah, on to the next one. <laughs> the next one is Zug um Zug. This is true, I think. Uh, I'll go with false just to go against Matt. Matt, do you know well, what it is? It's not animal on animal, is it? I don't know then. It's Ticket to Ride. The German oh, name for Ticket oh. to Ride is Zukum Zug. Yeah, actually, yeah, I should have. I thought that. you might know that yeah. one. Just, now that um, you say it, I'm like, I have seen this before. Yeah. It, it would have been a lot like when we were uh, buying secondhand games, me and a lot of the games were like Zukum Zug everywhere. So I was like, maybe. Really? Maybe uh, yeah. No, I would not have paid attention to that <laughs> at all. I was just like, where's G Moth? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all I get about. I've got four more. We have wow. uh, Turn on Taxis. Yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah, I'll go true because I wonder if taxi is a, a universal word. This one that's the Spiel des Jahres. In 2006, right? yes. Yeah. I was hoping that you might get this. Very well done. Yeah. To, the, I love the English name for this is just Turn and Taxis. They've just changed the and bit. Um, <laughs> But yeah, it's a one kind of spiel as well. So um, yeah, I was wondering if that was like, right? You'd know yeah. Matt Jarvis yeah. is encyclopedic knowledge. Well, I used to good. the magazine I used to edit had a a regular feature on every winner of the Spiel des by James Wallace. Uh, so yes, I remember reading about this two thousand six rolled around. Well remembered. Wow. <laughs> um. Okay. Then we have Alle meine Enten. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> It's real. 
Alle meine Enten means all my ducks, and it's actually a German nursery rhyme, not a board game. Ah, oh, again, could, be a children's could game. easily be. Yeah, that's oh, a horrible not. game. To be honest, yeah. I was surprised when I looked it up and found it wasn't the name of a game because, oh, as you say, I can easily imagine that being, um, like, I don't know, I can just imagine it like you going around the board, you have to try to collect ducks and they, they yeah. follow you or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. like I uh, have a game. I can, I can yeah, totally. Like, I can yeah. see. I can almost see the cover of of the game. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like a mama duck and then like ducklings on a pond or something. Um. Then we have. So we have two more. We have Gitzanke auf der Planke. Uh, I want it to be real. real. I'm gonna say it's real. Okay. Both saying true. This is a new game by Zach. Which came out in 2021, and it's um yeah it's about a fight on a pirate ship, um uh. plank oh. being a plank, and it actually looks really cool. It looks I really want to try it. Um, I found it just because of doing this, and I was like, this looks <laughs> awesome. I want to see this. I like the idea of discovering games by just typing in words that you like into what <laughs> being like, yeah, great. I don't like, even know I'm how I found that one. Uh, oh, I think I put Auf der, and then it just was, uh, yeah, it was there. Anyway, and um, the last one, but certainly not the least one, is Die Katze Furzt. Fake. I reckon this is real. Okay, we've got a fake and a real. Die Katze Furzt means the cat farts. It is fake. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> Again, it could be a ball game. A lifetime of cats, I can assure you, it is not fake. <laughs> It was like that call we had the other day, and Honey was just really going for it. Thinking, yeah, uh, just a gas bag. That was quite close. Um, so Mian was on five, and Matt was on eight points. So you did really well, actually. Out of uh, I think I did twelve. So um, you got more than Matt got more than half, and Mian got just under half of them right, which is pretty impressive. Nice board game knowledge helped him there. I think it did. I think it just was like the little thing that got him. Yeah, being an encyclopedia for board games. But, yeah, thanks, Lolis. Yeah. That was fun, yeah. I, I, yeah. I hope that I will one day remember all of these, but I almost certainly won't, other than Ticket to Ride, which I failed to remember this time anyway. I uh, was hoping that anyone in chat who speaks German enjoyed that immensely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, let's shift over. We've got time for a couple of emails before Email. we go. Uh, Miam, would you like to read this one from Kay Collier, please? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Kay Collier said, at Dicebreaker and chat, what's a game you like but your friends think is meh? I've oh, been thinking so about this. Yeah. <laughs> I can't think, actually. I feel like there's definitely so many, but... I've been trying to think for the, like the last 10 minutes or 20 minutes and I just can't think mm. of anything right now. I yeah. really liked Vinhos, the Vito Lacerda game that's like a very heavy Euro game about making wine. Uh, and I reviewed oh, it at the time it came out and uh, my friends, helpfully as they often do, were drafted into play with us and they really did not enjoy it. Uh, and <laughs> yeah. I did. So yeah. There are, there are quite a few games like that. I really like Twilight Imperium 4, uh, and some of my friends are not that fast by it. I think big and long games sometimes uh, can be tricky to to get people on board with. Mm, some people just aren't into those. Yeah, and Container. Oh, Container's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. 
Oh, the amount of times the, obligatory mention of container. Like the most Matt Jarvis game ever made. <laughs> wow. Speaks yeah. so much to my personality that the game that reminds you of me is about shipping. Well, containers. because you specifically <laughs> told me about this. This was the first time you told me about this game, one of many times was when we went to EGX literally a week after I started or something like that. And then you were telling us about Container at EGX. <laughs> and I was like, this game sounds very boring. Uh, but you were very passionate about it. And I was like, well, you know what? Your passion is almost selling them mm. to me. But, boring um... but passionate is the vibe I go for. <laughs> it sounds very Eurogamey, which have grown on me a bit more over the, the, the past year or so. It does depend yeah. on the game itself, but yeah, an economy simulation game uh, is how I'd describe it, which makes it sound really boring, but is actually really fun because you can basically just break the economy, uh, which means that it cannot be fun if you run out of money and nobody wants to give you any money. But black cat, lovely uh, games that I like that are my friends like. I mean, it's tricky because some of my friends are on board with certain games and some aren't. I'd say maybe Portrayal is one that kind of oh, really? split the, the group a bit. Uh, some of my friends really like it. Uh, some of them don't like it. And the main reason is because the game is broken. <laughs> and uh, it can feel a little bit rubbish depending on the scenario you play. So there is a random element to whether it's going to be any good or not. And some people will play it and they'll be like, oh, this this was rubbish because of certain random elements just ruined it um for them whereas i'm always sort of on board with it in terms of when you play this game you just have to have the understanding that you know it's it's not a strategy game it's very not driven by that it don't try and be that competitive with it it's very much a horror spooky experience I think that's the closest thing I can think of. We often play games that we all sort of like most of the time. So, yeah. there you go. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I never really get much of a chance to Ooh. play games more, you know, more than a, once or twice. To the extent that, like, if people don't enjoy a game, we just don't really play again. But, like, it's... Yeah, I, I feel like I've not really had enough chance to suggest games, I guess, and, and play them more than once with people. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely an element of that. It's like you say, like, if I like something and all my friends don't, then probably won't play again, even if I like it. It's mm. like, because no one's going to have need, fun. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to yeah. have fun if nobody, if everyone else is like, ugh. Yeah, Sorry. I have certain, I have certain games that, um, so I have certain friends who just outright don't like certain types of games. Like, so I have some friends who won't play Deception or like game bluffing games that you have to like because they hate lying even in a board game session it makes them anxious and i'm like that's fine <laughs> um yeah not everyone's comfortable with that mm, yeah. yeah like very backstabby games i get yeah i like, think i love yeah you love them because <clears throat> you're a cold-hearted man i love them too really thought you were gonna say something else for a second then but it's fine um <laughs> no um no, some people just get very anxious when they have to lie. They don't like it. Yeah, which is it's fair enough. Stressed, but... And yeah, like games where it's very, um, yeah, people can gang up. And it's like sometimes people can be in the mood for that. Sometimes you're not. Like diplomacy is like that. It's like at some point everybody has to turn on someone because that's how that game works. Uh, but it sucks to be that person. 
unless you are just a natural heel uh in my case where it's like yeah i just i remember the first time i played the doom board game it's like i was allied with someone and then they broke that alliance and allied with um and i couldn't do anything about it it's like but i just accepted accepted that was the way it's gonna oh, go and that's so fine pretty lovely uh, all right uh you good need in lolis yeah he doesn't really sit on my lap much so this is actually like oh. such a treat for me that... he likes sitting on laps just not necessarily mine uh lolis if the cat is not no that's fine your hands uh can you read this one from another dummy user please another dummy user says um i've seen adverts for a new monopoly game with a spot the fake builds mechanic do you think this is innovative or just a gimmick? I, I don't a... actually... Oh, yeah. sorry. You I was just going to say, I had a little Google when the question first came in, because I was like, I don't know what that means. It looks like um, the game is like... it's It, it looks like it's um, like Monopoly at its base, but it's mostly about this like fake fake notes. I don't know. It's It's hard to find... It's hard to figure out what the game actually is from just the pictures. Uh, I would assume, based on the fact it is a Monopoly title, that it is a gimmick. Um, mm. that, that's all I can really go, Not go we're on. We're biased or anything. Yeah, that's I, where I was going to go. I'd still so play it. Yeah. <laughs> Monopoly just seems to be leaning into the by this game as a novelty at this point. It's like there was the Cheaters edition, and there's the one where it's just a gun that fires money at you. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, and then there's turn this one, there's like, on. yeah, all the Monopoly for Millennials and all of that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Like... Well, they'll do the troll versions, which are just like, yeah, let's let's have a go at a particular group. Have the themed versions, which they just roll out every day. Mm. Uh, but these gimmick ones, I mean, you like Monopoly Deal, but that's its own kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I do like yeah. Monopoly Deal, but yeah, um, it's it's almost because. Monopoly are and it leans Cuts into them. them. Out, so, yeah. No, it leans into them. But it's like oh. because it's only like 15 minutes long, it doesn't drag on, and you kind of know going in that everyone is just like out to screech other over with cut. It gets rid of all the like bits in the middle where you're just going around the board and like it takes hours to be horrible to each other. And instead it's like you 10, 15 get... minutes of like quick, like I'm gonna steal all your money and run. Kind of stuff. So Matt like, Jarvis wants to get to being mean as soon as possible. It, <laughs> Let's get to the that point. That game everyone. is mean, but because it's so short and because it is just that, I feel like it works. Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, it. it's like Uno or whatever. Like it's so focused that there's not really a lot to but yeah, I feel like a lot of the monopoly problem is that it just like it stretches everything to Monopoly. And at this point, everyone owns Monopoly, so they have to constantly add like a new thing to it to be like, here's why you should buy another one. Like, here's the one where you use a fake plastic credit card. Here's the one where you have like mobile banking, or here's the one that plays. There was one that played the I'm... Game of Thrones theme and had a, had the Iron Throne in the middle. Yeah. It was I will say, at least with this one, it seems to be adding like a mechanic rather than just a, like a gun that shoots money out. I will give it that credit. The rest of it, yeah, it's still got the board. It's still got all those rubbish bits. Mm. So The Fortnite one is meant to be all right. Because the Fortnite <laughs> one just gets rid what of... What do you do with the Fortnite you one? You actually build stuff. 
so again, it just adds a completely different. Yeah. Uh, uh, Mandis in Living Color asks, uh, I understand the hate that you all have for it, but have you folks ever played Monopoly on a video? Yes, we have. We've yeah. played oh, gosh, we have. Charity. hours of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, for charity a couple of months ago. So you can find that entire stream on the YouTube channel yep. if you search for Monopoly. Oh, uh, so yeah. yes, There's a lot of Monopoly uh, in that one video. He's holding uh, my cow. hand. <laughs> oh. He literally just stretched out his paw. Now his toe beans are just resting on my hand. Uh, but if uh, there's nothing else either of you have to add that's my that... um this is my my mouse hand so we can't finish the stream until he's finished <laughs> until I finish sleeping that's it we're never moving that hand again there's now right, the six uh, hour cat yeah, yeah five hours later <laughs> it's the hour and a half podcast with four hours of ASMR purring down the microphone he doesn't Aww. he doesn't purr. He meows loudly, but he doesn't uh, purr. And then his sister doesn't meow, but she purrs like nothing else. I could hear from mm. the other I don't know, from miles away. She's very <laughs> loud. She's so small but purrs so loudly. Mm. Small but mighty. Mm. Yeah. But for now at least, uh that <laughs> is all the time we have on this week's Dice Break Podcast. Thank you very much, Alex Lowley's being here. Thanks for having me. Shh. Pew, pew. Pew, pew. Thank you, Alex Meehan. Wow. Yeah, it's been great. Chris Longhurst says, if you've got seven hours, watch the YouTube video on Resident Evil that Noah Cadwell Gervais did. Yes, do watch that. It's a great video. <laughs> seven hours. <laughs> it's great. You could, like, watch our Monopoly stream in a different window as well and see if they sync yeah. up, like, Dark Side of the Moon. Exactly. Uh, and Wizard of Oz, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that will work out great. Yeah, it'll work uh, out. Like, but... our streams are basically like Resident Evil, right? <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Oh, in so many ways. Yeah, there's um, a big tall lady. There's, there's a spider somewhere. Uh, for now, uh, that's all the time we have on this week's Aspect Podcast. We'll be back live next Friday from 2pm uh, GMT. Uh, you can also catch this in audio form on Spotify and iTunes and places like that but until we meet again thank you for listening and have a lovely day bye bye